Hey, welcome to the Rooted to Live podcast. This podcast is all about encouraging people to know how deeply loved they are by God. The scriptures tell us that for those that are in God's family, that they are grounded, established, or rooted in God's love. In this episode, I want to encourage you just to reconsider the story of Christ's arrival. It is Christmas time at the time of this recording, and I thought maybe for this episode, I would share with you an entry from the devotional that my wife and I recently put together uh, called The Thrill of Hope. You can find your own copy of this at rootedtolive.com and clicking on the resource page for a small donation, you can have your own copy of this. But I would read, uh, I thought I'd read today for you just one entry of this amazing story of Christ coming to earth and being born and then being born that he might give his life for us. And so uh, this is one, uh, one entry here. And the name of the entry is Our Hope in His Plans. It's encouraged by uh, or influenced by Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38. And I'll read that text for you. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at his saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angels answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Growing up, my family often traveled from our home to Michigan, in Michigan, to sunny southwest Florida as soon as school closed for Christmas break. Sometimes my dad would drive through the night in our dark blue with gray stripes Ford Aerostar van. As a teen, I hoped to sleep through as many states as possible to speed up the two-way trek from West Michigan through Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia, plus a quick stop at the Florida Welcome Center because my dad loved the fresh squeezed orange juice, and then several more hours to Southwest Florida. It was all part of the Christmas break plans that we would have every year. This plan included seeing both sets of my grandparents, my mom's aunt and uncle, my uncle and his wife, and my two younger cousins. The plan was to spend the seven to 10 day winter break enjoying family and the pool because swimming in December is wonderful for Michigan teens. And it's at that pool where my brother and I would plan to work on our, or really my WWE wrestling moves. We'd also have two ham dinners over the course of this Christmas break. Why two ham dinners? Because each of my grandmothers served traditional Christmas dinner with ham and either scalloped or mashed potatoes. And I prefer mashed please. So we ate one meal at Christmas Eve with one side of my family, or my mom's parents, and then the other meal on Christmas Day, usually with my dad's parents. 
As a youth, my favorite and simultaneously least favorite 75 minutes was the amazingly awkward yet sincere Christmas Eve service at my grandparents' church, and then, of course, presents the next morning. I thought Christmas would always look this way. I never even looked far enough into the future to see that maybe it could change, but since those days, a lot has changed. Now my brother and I have families of our own. Seasons pass and plans change and hope adapts, but I often struggle to let go. When you think of this Christmas season, what are your best plans for Christmas? And what if God's plans are different than your own? Would you surrender to those? Would you be okay with those? What do you think his plan is for you this Christmas? And as we read through what has become known as the Christmas story, we really see God's plan unfolding. When we consider Luke chapter 1 and the, the angel visiting Mary, I'm pretty sure the news that he had for her wasn't necessarily her plan at that time. According to scripture, it's been hundreds of years since God sent an angel to speak to someone. Following Gabriel's visit to Mary's relatives six months earlier, God now sends this angel, the same angel, Gabriel, to a town called Nazareth in Galilee. This town was not only small, but actually looked down upon. Culture viewed people from Nazareth as second-class citizens. Even one of Jesus' disciples, Nathaniel, when he first hears about Jesus being from there, he says in John chapter 1, verse 46, Nazareth, can anything good come from here? See, God doesn't go to the place they would expect. And he doesn't go to the person they may expect. The angel sent to a common young woman from a nothing town, a betrothed virgin named Mary. It seems God uses unlikely people, doesn't it, in his redemptive purposes, but actually, he'll use anyone who's willing. The text says that Mary was greatly troubled at the angel's words. What did he say? Well, the angel said it twice, you are highly favored. And this is truly an announcement of grace. The phrase highly favored by God means to be a recipient of God's grace by his choice, not by one's merit. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 gives us another example of this when we read Noah found favor in the eyes of God, meaning God gave grace to Noah. Well, how did Mary find favor? We know it wasn't earned by good behavior because then it wouldn't be grace. Contrary to what some believe, Mary was a flawed human just like us. We know this because God's word says, for all have sinned and come far short of God's glory. So Mary wasn't favored because she was awesome, but because God is awesome. And this is the same for you and me. Christmas celebrates God's grace arriving in Jesus. God's work in people is always a work of his grace. So God sends an angel to Mary because he is gracious and working out his plan. And he had a specific plan for Mary. And he has a specific plan for you. It's continually unfolding, even now as you consider this. The angel told Mary, don't be afraid, which is a common angelic statement in scripture. But for the unique part for Mary is not only the angelic visitor and the announcement of God's grace, but also God, how God's grace would be evident in her life. The angel said the child born to Mary would be the son of the Most High, that he has the throne of David, and that he would reign over the house of Jacob, meaning he would be the king of Israel. Why do you think God was so specific with the prophesied details of Jesus' birth? God was working out all that he'd promised centuries earlier. In other words, the angel is telling Mary, God's grace is given to you, and the demonstration of that grace through your life will be expressed through your giving birth to God's Son, the one promised long ago. The one who will rule and reign forever will come from your womb, Mary. You will be his mother. This is God's plan for her in the redemptive story. What do you think his plans are for you?
What do you think his plans are for you this Christmas? The, how does God want to announce his grace through your life to others? How does God want to use you for others' good and his glory? Well, upon hearing this news, if you were Mary, how would you respond? Upon hearing God's plan through this angel, her, of her role in the plan, Mary actually has an understandable question, doesn't she? How is this possible, she asks. It seems like a fair question. The angel answers, but truthfully, it's not very helpful. If Mary had any sarcastic bone in her body like the teenagers today, I think it would sound something like, oh, so God is going to make me pregnant in a way no one has ever seen. Okay, I got it. But it had to be this way, didn't it? Throughout scripture, God empowers people who were told, believed, or just knew they were not able. And for his plan in this story, this approach was necessary because Jesus had to be born of a woman, but also had to be truly God. He must be both fully God and fully man to be a suitable, eternal, redeeming savior for us. The point is, what God intends, he empowers, every time. He gives us the ability to play our part in his plan. For Mary's sake, the angel gives evidence of God's working the impossible. Her relative Elizabeth, who is an old woman who is known as barren, is now with child. And this is to bolster Mary's courage and to encourage her that God is working his plan and doing something out of this world. So the proof is a gift to Mary. For us, the gift we've been given is the completed scriptures, isn't it? We know the whole story now. Being on this side of the cross and the empty tomb, that's a gift to us. The testimony of changed lives that we've seen serves as an evidence of God's plan and invites us to believe in Him. So why is it that many of us believe that God isn't serious about utilizing us in His plan? All the commands to the church, are they not also to us? We have the great commandment in loving Him and loving others as ourselves, and we have the great commission of loving others enough to make disciples of Christ in them. Is that for us? Is that for you? Are these parts of His plans in your plans? this Christmas? Mary has to trust that God does the seemingly impossible. Mary's response to the angel's answer is something to consider for ourselves in our relationship with God. When Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. The phrase is a way of saying, I have no rights. I belong to the Lord. Body, soul, spirit. I am all yours. This really is an appropriate response to grace, isn't it? See, often we believe or hope that God should do our bidding and that he plays a part in our own plans. People often view God like Santa, don't they? Making lists and telling him our wishes and hope that if we've been good enough, he'll come through for us. Of course, then we're disappointed when we realize God is very different than Santa. He's actually much, much better. God invites imperfect people to play a part in his perfect plan. Contrary to what our ego may tell us, this life and this world is ultimately not about us or about our glory, but about Jesus. But our lives do matter. And it's the grace of God that we are invited. It's by his grace that we're invited to be about what he is about. Mary has shown God's amazing plan and purpose, and it's safe to assume that God's plans for her, as he announced through the angel, were in contrast to her hopes. Isn't that fair to say? Most of the time, we invite God into our plans, and we don't even think it more appropriate and more powerful to ask, Father, what do you have planned? How can I play my part in your plan today? Put yourself in Mary's situation if you can. What could God's plan cost her? Since angel visits aren't common, would people believe her? What about being found pregnant without having yet consummated her marriage with Joseph? And what would people say about her or her son? It's likely that Mary had her own hopes for her life, maybe a typical plan, but God's plans aren't typical. 
Mary experiences an exchanged life. She places her life in God's hands rather than holding tight to her own life. In light of this text and in light of experiencing it and considering it again, here's just a few questions you could ask yourself today. What hinders you from surrendering to what God may desire to do in and through you? What faith-filled step of surrender could you take this Christmas? Why is this hope in God's character and plan more secure? Why is hoping and putting your hope in God and who he is, his character, his plan, his promises more secure than your own plan? So this has been one entry in the Christmas devotional we created, The Thrill of Hope. And you can find it at rootedtolive.com by clicking on that resource tab. I'd also love to hear from you. If you want to email us, you can go to the site and connect with us. I'd love to hear from you, what you're learning from these podcasts, just to connect with you. If you have prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you and pray for you, pray over you. But I hope you have an amazing Christmas season, one that you sense the love of the Father as expressed through the Son and empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in this life, a living, living a life loved, living a life approved, living a life full of freedom. Merry Christmas to you.